Hey everyone, Matt Lowe here. Welcome to the 38th episode of Bouncing Back, a video series meant to give people who have been laid off to COVID-19 an opportunity to sell themselves to new employers in the ad industry. And this is the 14th episode as part of my partnership with the Avail List, you know, an unbelievable website that spotlights all the amazing talent in the ad industry who are ready to get back to work. For this episode, we have Jordan Durr, who was most recently a senior motion designer at Black Spot Design. You know, Jordan, what's up, man? Nothing much, man. Can't complain. Happy to be here. Yeah, happy to have you on. Maybe start off by telling everyone how you're dealing with the pandemic, where you're quarantining, and how you've been keeping busy the last few months. Okay, cool. I've been, I mean, following what the governor's told me to do, quarantining in the house, <laughs> being a responsible American. So that's that's what I've been uh, keeping track of. Um, as far as um, how are things going, it's been interesting learning what the word essential actually means, because, you know, in certain jobs, they make it seem like, you know, you're the most important thing and it won't survive without you. And now I'm learning that actually being essential means that I'm actually in phase four of advertising. So, yeah. you know, it, it, <laughs> so it, it's been it's been a an interesting journey learning what the word essential actually means and you know the fact that i'm waiting for you know the government to say it's okay to go back to advertising really lets me know where where, where i really stand as far as <laughs> making america go yes that's for sure that puts it in, in perspective that yeah you know maybe not so essential after all for, <laughs> right 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 the deadlines make you feel like you are the <laughs> oh yeah, the time to make you feel like you are. But yeah, yep. And that's yep, not too so. important in the scheme of things. Yeah, but um, what I oh go ahead, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Nah, go for it. Now I was gonna say what I've been keeping busy with is just keeping my skills sharp. Um, there's I didn't feel like it's any reason to just sit around, you know, with all this time that I'm having, you know, um, just curating my um uh, my skills, you know updating my site with, you know, just personal projects, just keeping myself sharp. So when that opportunity does come, you know, I'm still ready because I mean, even though it's slow for me, that still doesn't mean that the industry's stopping around me. So, you know, I just gotta, gotta keep it moving. So. Yeah, definitely. When you say keeping your skills sharp, what kind of things are you doing? Um, well, I, I upgraded my computer right before the pandemic. Actually, I spent about $5,000 on um, two new GPUs because I, um, the, the Redshift renderer is all for GPU. And it's like, I was mostly doing CPU. So I was actually to push my, I wasn't able to push my projects as far because of the speed of my computer. So I said, okay, my equipment is hindering how far I can actually show. So it wasn't a matter of, I can't execute at this level. It's just the render times were so long. So I made that investment in myself. And it just so happens that it was fortuitous. Like it was like a month before, you know, the, the rubber hit the road. So, but that is actually uniquely positioned to me. So now working from home is now a strength for me because, you know, if I have a, a big job that requires a lot of rendering horsepower, I now actually physically have it. So. Yeah, that's lucky you did that. I mean, a month before, like you said, you know, maybe you had your job then, so it was coming in handy, but now maybe Right, right, right. Because if so, you had any projects at home, you got the capabilities. Right, right. So now it's just the purpose of this is somebody to see me talking and then make this purchase justified so I could pay it off. <laughs> It'll pay off. Maybe tell everyone about yourself and what clients you've worked on in the past. 
Um, well, I've been, I work in Manhattan primarily, so I've been through the gamut. I've done networks, I've done post-production studios, I've done ad agencies. Um, so as far as ad agencies, I've done like the Weed and Candies, I've done the FCBs. As far as the um, post-production studios, I've done like the brand new schools, the Trollbacks. Um, I've been at like Thornburg and Forrester. Uh, as far as networks, I've been at a and &E, I've been at AMC, VH1, TV Land, Nickelodeon. Um, so basically as, as a freelancer, I go where the money is so you know I've, I've done everything from compositing to design to animation to you know holding a client's hand so you know it's just whatever whatever it takes to do the job i've done so you know i've got experience i can take a project from any part of the the workflow i can jump in when it's still posted notes on the wall or i can jump in the day before or the, the 15 minutes before it delivers you know to help get it out the door so yeah i love that you know total skill set from a to z and able to do everything in between. Do you have a, a personal preference on agency, you know, production company network on which you like best? Well, it's been an interesting ride because but when I was only at production studios, I would get upset at how the information was coming to us from the agency. So I had an unhealthy relationship with the agency because I didn't know what went on inside the agency. Then when I got inside the agency, I figured out what was going on, why it was coming to the studio the way that it did. So, you know, it, it taught me that, okay, it's not that the agency is just actively trying to hold things up. It's just sometimes the it's, it's being held up on their end as well. So it was just, you know, that was, that was an interesting experience. But, um, um, as far as what my preference is, I'm really trying to find the um, best fit for me because I am, this is my eighth year in the, um, the industry. I actually graduated in 2008, but I was a part of the recession class. So it was hard to find any work back then. So this whole pandemic is kind of like deja vu for me because it's like, oh, not again, you know? So, and the funny thing about back then was it was always a saying, good, fast, cheap, pick two. And in 2008, it was good, fast, cheap, pick three, because all the good people are lowering their rates and they're fast. So if a producer sees a person with no experience and a person with five years experience charging the exact same, well, what do you think is going to happen to Jordan? Yeah. So, so, <laughs> so um, yeah, that, that was that, that experience that way. But um, as, as far as what, what I'd like to do is, um, I really don't have a preference where I want to be. I'm open to anything. I just know that I don't want to be pigeonholed into just design or animation. I want to be able to concept. I want to be able to execute because, I mean, eventually I'd like to work my way up to creative director. And I know that if I only have only animation jobs and I don't get the opportunity to ideate and show that I have ideas as well and not just a button pusher. So the ideal fit with me is definitely something where I can participate and, and use all of my skills together. So that's the best fit for me. Yeah. And I think it's really important to, you know, glad you're, you're talking about that and don't want to be pigeonholed as just a designer or an animator, but you're able to, to concept and I'd assume, you know, more art direction, but still you're right. able to concept and, and think bigger than just, you know, being handed files and bring them to life, but you can bring those ideas to life as well. Exactly. And, and as far as art direction, I've, I've already, um, like when I do my own personal projects to stay sharp, what I do is I, I'm the kind of person that I always like being the, the worst artist in the room. So I have talented friends around me that can keep, you know, so I know where the standard is. And like when I show that I use that resource as, okay, this is what I've done. 
And because I respect their skills and their artistic eye, it lets me know like, okay, you know, your, your own individual art direction is going in the right direction. Because if you're impressing people who you know have talent, then you're doing it right. So it's like that, that's something that I, um, I, I practice on my own, like, you know, art directing my own stuff, you know, having my friends show me their stuff and the fact that they're willing to share anything with me lets me know that, you know, I, they respect my eye as well. So. Yeah, that's a good gauge of a talent and experience and expertise to kind of see how you compare to, you know, people you, you know, really like and, and kind of judge yourself on that. So really smart and seems like, you know, you're able to kind of hang out with the big guns and, and do what you want. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it's, it, I'm not going to say it's the most comfortable room to be in. I mean, sometimes you get reminded like, oh, yeah, that, that, that's why you picked them to be your friend, right? <laughs> So, um, but it, it, it's humbling at times, but I mean, you, you need, you need to stay sharp. You need to make sure that, you know, everything that you show is representing you the way that you want to in the, the most, you know, effective way possible, because you're only judged by your work and you're only going to get hired by your work. No one cares if you're a nice guy, they just click on your site, they judge you how you feel, and you're going to get the email or not based off what they see. You know, you could be a great husband, great father, great, great brother, but if the work's not up to snuff, you're, you're just not going to be working. So Yeah, all those <laughs> things are good additions. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Or, you know, honor <laughs> or whatever it is, but yeah, I agree. It's, you know, the work speaks for itself, and most of the time you're, you're blindly sending a book, and, and that's really it. So I think holding that book, making that book look as, as sharp and as good as it, uh, you know, as it can is, is really important. You kind of touched on, on the answer to this by saying, you know, you want the opportunity to kind of climb the ladder to one day become a creative director and have the opportunity to do more concepting. But what are you looking for in your next role? Um, um, next role is, is, like I said, just basically um, being able to participate at any portion of it. Like, you know, if you're just looking for an animator only like well i'm talking about as far as going staff like you know settling down like as far as freelance you know it's like i'll do whatever i have to but to find the right fit for me because i'm i'm open to both freelance and full-time at this point because i mean the pandemic has kind of made everything so different because it's, it's like you used to be able to there used to be safety in freelance and there used to be safety in staff but now the pandemic has made everything like you know you just gotta get in where you fit in so, you know, it, it's going to be interesting how the industry shapes itself and, you know, where, where is best to align based off how advertising go, going forward. You know, I, I have no clue what that's going to look like. You know, it, it may very well be that staying freelance is the best move based off the uncertainty. It may well be, you know, going full time. I'm just like everybody. I'm trying to figure this thing out, you know, as I go. I mean, no, none of us have the answers right now. Yeah, working no, from no. home is new you know it's it's everything is we're just trying to figure it out yeah it's a, a big chess game and just got to hope you can stay kind of one move ahead but yeah no exactly one I, I assume for you and for a lot of other people i've spoken with you know if a freelance opportunity comes they'll they'll hear you know hear the agency out or if a full-time opportunity F's, comes, hear F's, F's. and you know F's. can't be greedy Right, right, right. Absolutely. I mean, the ideal situation for me is definitely like if you're interested in me in, in full time, I would love to freelance there first so we can both see how we both fit because it's like, you know, if it's if it's not a fit, it's like you got that awkward thing like, you know, we got to 
you know, I'm not saying I'm I'm going to like mess the project up, but just sometimes every every everyone's not a fit everywhere. So it's like I would definitely want to have that experience to where we we explore working together, and then we both decide together. You know what? Let's let's keep this thing going. We got a good thing going here. Yeah, I think that's a smart approach. What would you say are some of your better qualities? That's 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 a loaded question, man. I think I might need a little bit of help with that one because I mean I can when you ask somebody what what they like the best, I can go on this tangent. But I mean, it's like what 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 would you like me to answer? I think that's the best way to present that. Qualities, you know, maybe work wise, and then you know, maybe outside one or two outside of work, just to get to know you as a person as well. Well. One thing that you might find interesting about me is that I'm an avid model railroader and I'm a part of a model railroad club and it's because I'm very creative, but I can't touch quick times. And I was originally a graphic design major, but in 2008, I was fed a steady diet of print is dying and flash and Dreamweaver are the future. So it's like I lost that ability, that tactile ability to feel what I make. So I kind of went in the opposite direction, well, not opposite direction, but by being a model railroad, I can create this world and, you know, I can actually touch it and make it and, you know, feel what I'm doing because I don't get to do that at work. So that's something that, that makes me unique. Um, and I think my biggest quality on the job would definitely have to be, I'm, I'm not afraid to tell the truth about anybody else's work or my own as well. Like, you know, if, if, if there's a situation to where, I'm, I, I realize I'm be a part of a team and a part we're all working together. So I don't have too much pride to like, if, if I'm like, I have a 15 minute rule. If I can't figure it out in 15 minutes, ask for help. And then, you know, we figure it out and then we can keep going as opposed to just beating my head against the wall. So, you know, um, being a team player for sure. Um, being able to, um, like I said, jump in at any, I, I think that that might be the biggest thing, you know, just, just having that flexibility. Um, I'm also willing to um, to speak my mind in um, in situations that are a little bit above me because I've had situations to where I was only the artist, I was just the artist, but there was still a director and then everything above me. But in the meeting with the client, I brought up a point and it is actually for Starbucks, as a matter of fact, and they actually pivoted based off what I said, and if I had held back and been ashamed to say anything because of, you know, it's like there's people above me yeah. knowing that I could actually contribute more than my title show, it had been doing a disservice to, you know, the entire, um, entire job. And, you know, the client loved it, you know, they, um, they realized that, you know what, this is a different way. So I, I bring a different, I, I can be objective. Okay? So that's, that's, a, that's a strength of mine. Yeah, I think it's, it's really smart and, and everyone learns this, you know, I've been in the industry for about six years. I'm still learning. People have been in it for, for 20 or for one are still learning of, you know, when do you chime in, know your place, figure right. out you should speak up. And, and a lot of times, you know, you're kind of quiet because you want to let your bosses, you know, take, take the, you know, road. And sometimes, you know, you, you think there is a point where, like you mentioned, you chime in and it actually you know, benefits. So I think it's really important, you know, to read the room, but at the same time, right, right. To, you know, step up and speak if, if you think you have a valid point. Absolutely. Because one thing I've learned in my career is that I have the cookie. You came to me. You sent me an email because of what I can do. If you could solve your problem, you wouldn't have came to me. So I'm kind of doing you a disservice by not giving you everything that I have by keeping it to me because you trusted me enough in the first, like we wouldn't even be having this conversation if you didn't feel I brought anything to the table. So that's something I did learn that, you know, you just really have to realize that you are solving a problem for somebody and you are the expert. And, you know, then you can't, 
no one can deny it because they hired you. You know, it's like you can't be told otherwise because they, they're, they're going to pay the invoice to you and they saw your rate and know they saw your work. So you have that leverage to, I don't want to say exert your will. That's the wrong way to put it. But you do have that ability to contribute more than you think because you've earned the right based off what they told you. They came to you, you know? Yeah, I, I like that perspective. You're in the room for a reason. You're you're doing a disservice to your team and your clients if you you silence yourself. So right. I, I think yeah, that's really smart. Maybe what's one of your favorite projects that you've worked on? Um, to tell you the truth, I have enjoyed more the people than the projects because projects come and go. And you know, like there's there's times when a project started off great and then it ran off the rails for, you know, on, no fault of our own. And then, you know, it's like, I'm remembering the good times, then I forget the bad times. I think um, it's just the environments where it's just a fun, creative, like incubator. We're just like bouncing ideas off each other. You know, it's like, you're looking to your screen on the right and you see somebody that's like, you know, just doing amazing work. And, you know, it's just, it makes you say to yourself, you know what, we both have the same end of day review. So I'm looking at my screen and I say, you know what, I need to, you know, I need to bring this up a couple notches because I'm just having that push. So it's not so much my favorite project. It's just, I think the best projects come out of the best environments. So that's kind of how yeah, And I think that the environments are really important and, you know, there is a sense of competitiveness in the agency, but I think using that kind of competitiveness to, to make you better versus pinning yourself up against someone right. is a harder way to do that. Cause you do all work for the same agency and you're a team, but how do you, you know, it make you step your game up? Because yeah. Right. And when you have that incubator, it's so much easier. Like um, I've led projects, I've been, you know, the head of projects, but I just like having that team around me because you can get caught in your own bubble, you know, just like, like loving your own work because you don't have that accountability from anybody else that, you know, saying, you know, it's like you're off track here, you know, can we bring this back? So, you know, um, leading is fun and eventually I would like to art direct, but it's like, I still do enjoy having that accountability system around me as well. Yeah, I, I totally agree. What would you say, and you've touched on it a little bit, but what would you say agencies would be getting if they did hire you? Um, me. No one else on earth can bring me but me. You know, it's like I, there, there's people who use the same software that I do, people who have the same equipment that they do, but the ideas that live in my head of what makes me different. And in order to get that, you've got to hire me. I can't give you all the secrets. So. <laughs> <laughs> you want some more. That's, that's it for me, unless you have anything else. The last question is if there's a, a dream agency, client, production company, you know, network that you want to give a little shout out to. Um, really, my dream agency is anybody on this call that hears everything I said about what I like, says I fit this role and I want to talk to him. That's, 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 that's my dream no. agency. <laughs> that's it man thanks so much for, for being able to do this and hopping on the line and talk to me yeah definitely thanks again man yeah of course that's a, a wrap for the 38th episode of bouncing back you know thanks a lot jordan thank you <laughs> you're looking and if anyone's looking to sell themselves to recruiters looking for talent in the ad industry have them shoot me an email at m-a-l-o-w 930 at gmail.com or check out the availlist.com for a large list of people who are ready to get back to work in the ad industry. And now you can also check out these episodes on Spotify and Apple podcasts under bouncing back in advertising. Thanks a lot, man. All right, man. Take care. <laughs>